Hello and welcome to the Sips Don't Lie podcast with Jane and Jenny. In this podcast we honestly discuss life, love and how to be your most authentic self. In each of our episodes we'll pair our conversation with wine that matches the mood and topic we're talking about. So pour yourself a glass, get comfy and remember Sips Don't Lie and you're starting to feel it's right. Hi guys and welcome to episode 5, turning 18 with 12 years experience. I'm Jane and I'm joined by my co-host Jenny. Hi everyone! And in this episode we're going to be talking about turning 30. The myth of having everything completed on the checklist of life, dating younger, fading friendships, increased responsibilities, but also the possibility of more fun. What have we got to drink, Jen? So today I thought it would be a good idea to get a Chianti. So Chianti is uh, made from the grape variety that is Sangiovese. It's an Italian red grape and I chose it primarily because, do you know, it's one of my favourite grape varieties and favourite styles of wine. And I think that when you go through your 20s, you kind of start to learn what you like. And I think what better grape to choose than one that you've just decided like, yeah, I love this style. This is, this is the style for me. Um, But also the grape variety can produce a few different styles of wine. So you can get more rustic styles of Chianti. Um, You can get them with a little bit more oak, a little bit more aging, but you can also get those fresher styles as well. So it's a bit of a chameleon when it comes to producing different styles of wine but I love it and I think um, you should be able to get lots of red fruit on the nose some cherries you get a little bit of sweetness of balsamic vinegar you Mm. can get a bit of herbaceous notes sometimes from a bit of like tomato leaf or something like this so I think it's just a lovely lovely style Um, yeah so cheers Jane cheers cheers so shall we do a bit of a kickoff and let us know because we've done a little bit of user research haven't we yeah, so we reached out to a couple of our friends, didn't we, and asked them, yeah. how do you feel about turning 30, or how did you feel? Because I think our age range, our age mates are late 20s to early 30s, and what was interesting across all of them, it was a small group, um, and obviously your friends, my friends, different ages, yeah. men, women, um, everyone came back with these four things that they worried about before turning 30, which were, in no particular order, having a partner so either being on the way to marriage marriage married or on kind of at least having someone having a great career um owning their own property and having children so it was those four things what was really interesting when we spoke to different people was some people had hit none of those things on the list and they felt like a complete failure and some people had hit three of those things on the list and still felt like a complete failure so I thought that was really really interesting that everyone collectively had that same fear of I haven't I haven't hit everything that I wanted to hit yeah no exactly so and I guess we're talking about it from different perspectives because what you're turning 30 next year yeah I'm 31 and turning 32 next year which I think freaks me out more than <laughs> turning 30 <laughs> but I guess how, how do you how I mean if you, do you want to talk about how you feel about turning 30 and if yeah sure like I think I'm, to complete these kind of checklist activities almost yeah so I, I really wish I had that pressure to do the checklist but for some reason I don't feel it the only thing I feel about turning 30 is upset because I won't be able to have a massive birthday party because of coronavirus like that's my yeah. only upset about it and then in terms of the lists I think for me 
that whole signing up to what society expects of you, what family expects of you, what friends expect for you, what and watch what everyone else is doing and thinking I need to be doing that because they are, I think I kind of checked out from that in my maybe mid, mid to late 20s. I just kind of, yeah. I think maybe when I started my counselling course, I really met who I was and was like, oh, what do I actually want from life? Because I think lots of things, I think I'll do a bit of a psychotherapy theory for you here. <laughs> As you grow up, you, we inherit these things called introjects. So introjects are like, to say your true self is born, an introject is a jacket that's given to you by your parents, by religion, by culture, by society, by friends that tells you you should be this way. So, for instance, women might get given the introject. You need to be married by 30 and have kids. Yeah. So everyone puts that jacket on. But actually, the, your true self inside might not ever have wanted to have children or might want to have children yeah. when they're 16 or might want to have children when they're, they're 60. But it's something that you carry. And then you kind of start acting out and making decisions around that. Um, so I think that's kind of. I kind of worked through a lot of that stuff and was like, hmm, not really that fussed on things. So I think I've not got anything on that list apart from having my own place. But that's that was born more out of not wanting to do it before I was 30. More, I wanted to have my own home, if that yeah. made sense. Yeah. And I'd got to that point when I was maybe 26, 27, like I'd been living in flat sheds for 10 years or something. And I was like, I'm over this. I want my own space. I want to be able to paint. I want to be able to come home and it's just my place so that's kind of what got me on track to that so I'm really like blase about the lists I feel like it would be nice to achieve those things but I'm also comfortable that I'll die happy if I don't achieve those top four things because that's that's my view on it what about you how did you feel before you turned 30 yeah I mean I'm a bit similar I think I had more pressure on myself when I was like 28 or something Mm -hmm. like that so I feel like when I just had a big breakup at 28 I felt more pressured and stressed in that situation because I was very single and was kind of uncomfortable being single Mm -hmm. and um I then bought my own house uh or my own flat um shortly after but even so I felt like it, it was really important to kind of have a, a partner before I was 30 and not even to have children because I guess living in London there's not that pressure um, mm. so much with other people and there's a lot more people especially in my industry that don't have children and uh, are kind of you know not settled down specifically um, so I don't think I had I had it more at 28, but as I kind of got closer to 30, I was kind of like, do you know what? I don't care anymore. I'm doing my own mm. thing. Um, I My focus is to make myself happy on my own, to be honest. And yeah. that is not important whether or not I have a partner. Um, obviously, I wanted to be with someone, but it wasn't about actually trying to get a partner as soon as possible. It was like, actually, I need to do some work on myself because there's so much I I feel I felt lost completely um and I think that can happen as well like in your late 20s when you've kind of been on a bit of a crazy few years of uni and starting a career and you know 20s are a bit mad really Mm, they are aren't they I kind of want a bit of the panic that everyone has before turning 30 because I don't have it and I was saying this to my therapist actually a few months ago maybe yeah I was like why am I not as panicked as everyone else to like meet someone and settle and have kids and you know all that 
shebang he's like yeah but if you're not panicked that's fine you're just probably living a bit more truer to yourself I'm like but everybody else is on the same panic wave and I'm not in the team I'm sitting outside like I'm just chill I'm thinking of it because my friend said to me the other day so are you not talking to anyone and I was like no she's like why don't you do online dating and I was like because I'm just not fussed and then I'm like oh my god I'm not doing what everyone's doing I'm like not part of the crowd <laughs> No, but I think, and I mean, I've said to you before, I think that there's a time which you may feel, and I think it's all about, I mean, it gets a bit, you know, airy-fairy or however you want to say it, but I actually believe in it very much around things will come, the things that are meant for you will not pass you. Mm. And if you one day, there's a guy that's going to come into your life, you will feel like, oh my God, I've got to online date because there's going to be someone there do you know what I mean yeah, and I feel like if yeah, you're not getting yeah. that sense you're doing everything you're you're in that moment and you're doing all the right things and maybe you're not supposed to meet someone because it's so important that you do the course that you're doing by yourself because it's such a game changer almost do you know what I mean yeah or I'm just like a peaceful life <laughs> <laughs> another interesting question that came up on the subject of dating and this was interesting because it came up with men and women um mm-hmm which we did, I don't think we did this when we were in our 20s, feeling a bit weird about dating someone younger, like having more concerns, maybe being like a guy that's 31 and dating a 25 year old, or even being a woman that's in your early 30s and dating someone in their mid 20s, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've always dated, I mean, the last few guys that I had dated were kind of mid to late 30s. and actually found that they were more immature than my current, my current boyfriend. Mm. I can now call him my boyfriend. Mm. Um, but he's, he's 28. So actually he has a lot more maturity about him than somebody a bit older. So actually I don't, I don't really think that for me, it seems to be a problem. It's more, how is that person set up? Like, yeah. do they still live in house shares? Um, I think is a big thing for me. And how, how do they conduct their life? Like, can they cook and can they look after themselves is a lot more important than their age to be honest yeah but it's, it's interesting that that came across for men and women because I didn't think it would come across for men only because when I was in my mid to early 20s well probably probably mid 20s I did date guys that were a lot older so I didn't, yeah. really, I didn't really think it would be age would be a concern do you know what I mean yeah would you date and would you date someone younger Mm, yeah fine if you if you meet someone and they're right I think all those variables that you think you will bend to don't matter anymore yeah it is though it's it's about not a red flag for me it's about that cutoff though because I know when you're talking about one of your friends and we were saying how big's the age age difference and if you're you know I'm 31 and we'll would I go lower than 25? Oh, I don't know. Like well, Because it's my brother's age and that would freak me out. That's probably yeah. my, that's my limit. I've got a lower limit. So my boyfriend currently is younger than my brother. No way! <laughs> that's hilarious. I hope neither of them are listening as well because it's completely talking about them. Um, freaked me out no. if I was out with someone my brother's age. Yeah, yeah, see, I thought that, but then he's so mature. Um, yeah and has really kind of got his shit together that actually you wouldn't know. And we laugh about it that I look, you know, way younger than him anyway. So <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's fine. So no one in a lineup, no one would be like, oh, she's way older than you, mate. It, it would never happen. Um, so now you, we've got to that, well, we're nearly at, I'm nearly at 30 and you're at nearly at, you're at 31. What yeah. would be your upper limit for oldest person you would date? 
Oh, so I think like 38, 39. Mm-hmm. But I have, I mean, I've, see, the thing is, though, is I've dated, well, I've, I, when I online dated months ago, um, I did end up chatting to a few guys that were 38 and 39, and they just seemed a bit desperate. Mm. um in a weird way and I'm not sure whether that was because they've been messed around or they've not found someone and they really want to find someone um but a few of the guys and that's I'm I'm not stereotyping here because I think that that would be unfair to do so but yeah a couple of the guys that I'd come across I was like oh you just see there's a different energy around that Mm. and um especially guys that really want to meet someone and settle down and maybe have a family they feel like they're kind of pressured to do that and yeah it feels a bit more intense whereas I and also because I'm doing my whole career thing I'm kind of like well I'm not really in a rush for that so I don't really want to meet someone that's kind of upper like nearly 40 that's Mm. not in that space so I'd have to meet someone that the energy level was right uh, to not be rushing that so it's more about not really age it's more about where they are in their life and yeah and how energetic it's a really really good point yeah um so if I met someone that was I don't know I mean I probably wouldn't go lower than like 28 to be honest it's probably my my limit of because I think that you need to have some life experience it depends on how much life experience you've had right yeah like I've done a lot of traveling and have got you know have seen a lot of stuff in a career and there's still a lot of stuff I want to do but I've done a lot of stuff and if I met someone that was 25 and they hadn't really done that it would be a bit of a comparison game and it might be not very it's not attractive do you know what I mean Mm. it does work sometimes though it's interesting I think my my um, I don't really have limits I think maybe 27 but my have I talked about when I went on a date with old man John Oh no, tell me, well, you might have done, but tell me again. I was going to ask you, what's your upper, what's your, what's the oldest person? My well, upper limit used to be 40. Yeah. And then I, I think I went on a date with someone who was older than 45, but I didn't know. Oh my God. I didn't know he was older than 45. My friend worked it out. So anyway, but this guy, he, imagine if old man John listens to this. He obviously <laughs> doesn't know what podcast is at his age. Um, so anyway, I went out with my friend in London Bridge after work one day and there was this guy and he was at the bar and I was, I was like talking to him and he came outside and I was like oh are you a, a, P- a PT and I was then trying to get free gym classes off him he's like, oh, let me take your number I woke up in the morning didn't even remember what he looked like so we ended up going on a date and my friend was like how old is he I was like I don't know and I was like oh, I'll do my classic date trick and I was like oh so my date trick is I show people my like driving license yeah like, oh, isn't my picture so funny let's see yours so I can see theirs and then work out their star sign and what year they're born classic so, yeah it's a really good trick works works a charm anyway try not top tip guys top tip. <laughs> yeah, top tip there but did it on old man John and he was like well I don't well obviously don't carry my ID and I was like what and I was like what I'm so confused anyway this this a few more dates happened so my friend who's like FBI agent style works everything out she was like okay so when you met him who was he with I was like oh he was with this friend that was um, visiting from Australia um that he hadn't seen for 25 years and she was like oh okay so did he grow up in Australia I was like no he grew up in London and she was like okay so how old was he when he went to Australia I was like I don't know I think he just went out there like you know when you go out there for like yeah you know traveling or something she was like right so she, he could have gone out there when he was a minimum of 18 years old I was like yes that's correct and she was like, so 18 plus 25 is, I don't actually know the answer to that, Jen. 
43. 43. So she's like, he is at a minimum 43 years old. And I was like, oh my God. And how old were you at the time? I think I was 20. It was before I moved to Manchester. So I might have been 27, 28, 27. Okay, that's not too bad. But yeah. But then it all started to come together because he was like, I'm listening to Gardener's World tonight. And I was like, what? <laughs> I could out drink him and he'd fall asleep. And I was like, hmm. So the energy levels didn't match, but if they did with the right old person, then it'd be fine. Yeah, that is hilarious. Old man John. I love that. I love his name. <laughs> He's a sweet weapon. That is hilarious. That is good. And how do you feel, just bringing it back to the career question, so how how do you feel in terms of your career, like having your career sorted and that sort of thing? Because I know we're both in the middle kind of of career changes as well yeah and I, I, this is a, one of my friends had some really interesting feedback and she's like everyone panics about their careers but actually most of us are at most 10 years into any career which is nothing like careers are like 40 50 years aren't they we work for oh, so be worried about it at this point we're so early in the process it's there's this like literally people kick stuff off in their 30s 40s 50s with their careers that like people start businesses in their 50s and things like yeah. that um career like yeah I'm, I'm quite settled with it all like as you know I'm doing my training to become a therapist um but I think that was um maybe a bit of luck on my path I think all my early jobs I had showed gave me the opportunity to show me what exactly what I didn't want to do with every day of my life because you know yeah. just I remember looking at one of my bankers that I worked for and I was like, I do not want to be you. I don't want to do what you do all day, every day for the rest of my life. So that sent me on a bit of a soul search and I feel like I'm more aligned with a role that has a bit more purpose. Yeah. And that obviously was right for me in that, in that period because I had the space and time to kind of pursue that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I don't think you can do it all. I don't think you can put all your energy into that and lay down foundations for a long-term relationship and save for her I think I don't think you can do all the bits at the same time I feel like everyone focused on different things when I look at my friendship groups everyone's focused on different things and hit different milestones yeah no I think I think you're completely right I don't think you can kind of um focus on everything and if you have it might be that then one thing will fall through because life isn't about getting to 30 and having other tick boxes exactly and, and then it just stays ticked I mean like in your life um and well, it, the boxes don't always stay ticked say again the boxes don't always t- stay ticked exactly exactly and some people focus so much on getting those boxes ticked that actually and and their whole um kind of uh, story and their whole persona is driven on you know getting everything done that when they hit 30 and they're like oh actually I'm not I've, I've got this amazing career but I'm not happy in it I'm settled down and I'm married but am I actually happy in my marriage mm-hmm. and I've got children but am I happy I had kids because I wanted to travel or you know we're so much in debt now that we can't own our own home or you know or we own our own home but that's through you know family helping us out but that doesn't feel good that we've that they've helped us so it is a bit of a bittersweet thing and there's always a backstory of you know yeah definitely and it's weird how we're all framed by this these four things they're like the four things are settling down career kids and a home but then I've got friends who have no interest in having a career I've got friends who have no interest in having kids I've got friends who have no interest in getting married so it's interesting they even though they might not have an interest in that thing they still felt pressure for not achieving it even though they didn't want that on yeah. their path of life which I think is another interesting addition to it isn't it 
Yeah, and I think your parents as well. I mean, I know my parents, especially my mum, every time I speak to her, she's like, you know, how's your boyfriend? Like, how is it going? And I'm like, oh my God, like literally shut up. Like ask me how my job's going or like how my wine business or something like that is going. Because yeah. to me, that's, you know, as important, um, you know. So I think they do have this thing of like, she's not going to be safe on her own. She needs to be with someone. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It must be a, a parental generation thing. But luckily, like with my Asian side of the family, once you're past 25 and not married, you're basically forgotten. So I get no, I get no <laughs> they're just like, are you still alone? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, okay, anyway, back to the young ones who have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's quite good. That's quite handy. Yeah, so much like past 25, no pressure. So, and and because I guess we talk about these four boxes and friendship groups and people focusing on different different things do you think that some friendships will then fade depending on what box you're going for so i i guess people that are more focused on a career are more aligned to spending more time with other people that are more focused on a career because when you've got kids it's more harder to kind of um relate to people that are in very different spaces in in their life essentially yeah, I think it's a bit of a mix of birds of a feather flock together and yeah. um, just people just make their own lives. They create their own worlds, don't they? So which means you naturally fade out. So I think if you go back 10 years, I would have seen some of my best, my best friends twice, three times a week. I would have seen friends that lived away a couple of times a year, whereas I see some of those people once a year at most now because yeah. everyone has their own lives and people end up having different interests. If you've got friends who've got kids, you're obviously going, you're going to have so much more in common and you want to learn from each other. Same thing if you both have careers in the same field, you've got something to learn about with each other. So I think yeah. it's a bit of a mix of both of those, but I think there's a defo, definitely a fading out of friendships. Yeah, and it's also about, I think as you hit your thirties, you want to spend your time, you, you realize that time is precious, right? And you want to spend, or, or for me, it feels like it is. And you want to spend your time doing things that you enjoy doing and that don't feel like they're a chore. So seeing friends that you feel like you've just got to, you've just got to see them because it's the thing that you do and you've done that for X amount of years. Now I'm kind of feeling a bit more, no, I'm not going to do that just because I have to, that I shouldn't, shouldn't have to do the shoulds. It should be, I want to do it. Um, yeah. So if you get more choosy about how you spend your time and that's not just about seeing friends, I guess it's about your career and how you spend your day. And am I happy doing a, you know, nine to five job or do I want something different or, you know, that sort of thing. And also everyone is so tired now. We're all oh so tired. Like I, I'm a pretty high energy person, but even I'm like, like when I lived in London, I would literally go out six out of seven nights a week. I could, I'd be seeing friends for dinner, going for drinks, getting up for gym in the morning. Like I could operate on a different level. Yeah. And now I'm like, I go out two nights a week at most. And I'm like, what is like, all, and everyone is just like, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Weird, right? I think, I don't know. I think my twenties, I definitely ran on just pure adrenaline. And like I had to just keep going because I needed to achieve and I needed to do things and I wanted to see everything and experience as much stuff as I could possibly fit into my day. Whereas now I'm like, do you know, what? I don't need to do that. I, 
I mean, I'm already over committing myself with all of the things I'm currently doing, but it doesn't feel anywhere near as much as, as I committed to when I was in my 20s. Yeah. Um, so I think it, yeah, swings and roundabouts, really. Definitely. And I think we all have more responsibilities now. I think an interesting responsibility that one of my friends I spoke to brought up was that weird turn you have when you realise your parents don't look after you anymore you actually have to start looking after your parents which is a massive shift I think that does happen in your 20s mm-hmm. yeah definitely and have you had any experience with that at all yeah I was just like oh god I have to deal with you for the rest of my life <laughs> um, and I was like this is gonna be hard work but it's just definitely a shift of I just feel yeah I feel like a bit of a role reversal with my parents it's like I have to check in like are you okay are you yeah. are you eating? Are you seeing people? Are you doing things? It's, yeah. it's like the parenting role slightly reversing, and it's worrying because it's at a manageable level now. But actually, when you think about it, our parents are just going to get older and older, and that's a bit scary because then you become a carer. Yeah, I mean, it's not something I've had to think about too much. I think so. I grew up being the parent to uh, the parent for my parents. So I very much grew up in a situation where I used to be kind of, you know, would do a lot of of the admin for my family and would kind of take that parent role um, on holidays and things like that. So actually, I feel like I've always had to do that parent role throughout my 20s anyway, but not more of a, a caring sort of thing, but just more of taking the lead. Mm. Um, so now aging parents and stuff I mean they're both they're all relatively healthy so I'm very fortunate um, that they are okay but yeah you're right like different responsibilities and different health concerns and things that your parents have really put a spanner in your yeah works really and and can really change your life overnight when you get a call literally they can can't they and those things yeah happen out of the blue and then it's like oh cool I can't just move to Canada because I actually have a caring responsibility now and I think that's potentially what might be coming in the 30s if not if not the 40s hopefully we'll still have another decade of fun carefreeness yeah I feel like your 20, 20s to me felt very I feel I, I don't know they just kind of went like a bit of a whirlwind mm. um whereas my 30s definitely feel a lot more um like I know what I'm doing I feel like you know when you're doing a lot of busy work and lots of stuff that doesn't really mean much but you're just kind of you know you start a new job and you're a bit crazy and you kind of don't really know what you're doing and you just sort of do everything and then and, and now I feel like I work smarter almost I don't really know how to explain you have it. A, strategy, a bit more strategy for everything you're doing so it's a yeah. bit well thought through yeah it's like I, I'm gonna make good better decisions about how I spend my time and what I spend my time on yeah definitely even things like dating like I think in your early 20s you're like yeah this guy's cool I'll go on a date with him whereas now you're a bit more methodical like I'm not attracted to your yes there's a massive red flag here so do I want to waste an evening no I'm tired I want to sleep <laughs> I'm so tired <laughs> but it is true it is true like and you don't want to go out all the time because I mean I'm always I mean you both as well studying half the time um and I guess it's just what do you want and some people just want a kind of easy life and to be settled down and do a nine to five and have nice dinners every night but I'm I'm a little bit more driven in terms of 
um, my career and setting myself up for a very different non nine to five life. If that yeah. makes sense. What do you think your biggest realization was in your twenties? So you've made me think of mine. I think my biggest realization was is focus, stay in your own lane and focus on your your own life. Like we're all given different scripts and different reasons to be. Oh, look, this gets very spiritual now, doesn't it? Love it. This wine that's gone to my head. <laughs> <laughs> given different scripts and different reasons to be here on planet earth like like you said some people are just here to do a simple job quiet life but that that's their purpose that's their purpose that they're here to fulfill so all you really need to focus on in your life is your purpose and I'm really I, I feel like I'm I've, I don't really look at other people and look at oh well she's doing this and he's doing that and they've done that and not what is your own that's not my business all I need to focus on is what's meant for me in this path so I think that was my biggest realization in my 20s which has meant I feel a lot more um confident in any decision I make is truly for me and not to serve others if that makes sense yeah no I, I think mine's sort of linked to that as well so I think my realization and probably would have been nearer to the end of my sort of 20s was just that I am empowered to do kind of whatever I want and I can do I can do whatever I want if I want to go abroad I don't have to wait for somebody else and I think I'd spent a lot of my 20s sort of being like well I need to find a guy and then when I find a guy I can go on nice holidays and when I find a guy I can do xyz I can buy a house I can you know and I'd kind of limited it myself to basically mean that I needed to have a boyfriend to do things that I wanted to do in my life and actually once I decoupled those and said actually I can travel on my own I can create a career that I'm really proud of and that I love on my own and not through anybody else's kind of ideas or um kind of being like oh you should do this Mm. um it was very kind of awakening to be like actually That's the word I was thinking of awakening yeah and and it feels like that like it and it was it was I think you know and we talked a little bit about on chop it like it's hot about the Bali trip that I went on and you know realizing that I, I don't know if I talked about it but realizing that I didn't really want to work in banking anymore and, and I wanted to work in wine or do something that I really loved and just really like myself and mm-hmm you know be actually like I'm proud of who I am and what I'm doing and where I you know the things that I enjoy and just knowing that so it felt like once I'd started feeling empowered to actually living the life that I wanted to live kind of made a bit of a a big difference and that wasn't coupled to a relationship or to another person that was just a career or to an or asset this this is literally who I am and it's amazing now that I've met a guy that is, you know, very supplementary to that almost. And that sounds a bit weird, but it's cool that I've met someone that is, you know, willing to adapt to me rather than me adapting to somebody else. Um, what does supplementary mean? Is that like an extra thing you put on a cake? <laughs> yeah, and that was a bad, a bad way of explaining it. But me, I, I'd usually meet someone that would be like, this is what I want to do and this is my career. And then I'd sort of fit around that and be like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. That sounds cool. I'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> but now I'm like, well, actually, I want to do this. So, you know, I've got, you know, a bit more like, you know, I know what I'm going to do. Um, and I know where I'm going. And yes, there will be that, you know, I can be flexible with that. But 
there's a, an empowerment and a yeah this is this is who I am and I like who that person is um, definitely so you mentioned the, that you had a bit of an awakening and I, I think I went through something similar it was kind of a yeah. finding a bit of purpose and yeah working out who you are how do you think that happened for you so if someone's listening to this and they're like I feel like I need to work it out I need to work out something yeah so I mean I started I started writing a lot of lists really to say like who what things do I even like like I started really basic like what films do I like what and that's not because because everything that I'd done was so codependent to other people mm. I I just and it was trying to people please other people so I'd like a certain type of film because somebody else might like it or things like that and I think that's very common like very common across kind of humans generally but mm. Um, I wrote a lot of lists to say what things I liked, what things I didn't like and who I thought I was and what sort yeah, of working out who you are. And, and that helped. But then I think just having therapy, to be completely honest, is the biggest thing that you can do to feel to understand yourself and to, to really just explore your childhood and your growing up and how you've got to your story, really, I guess. Um, and it's and it, it's just exploring that story and I think it's just the most useful amount of money that I've ever spent oh, no. and do continue to spend money on probably because... spent more on gin and tonic but it's probably <laughs> in therapy but I think for me the way that I had this weird awake shake, shake it into purpose that's what I'd call it yes um, I was just like you know I was just working a job that I thought I should work because it paid well and it looked really good and everyone was like that's good Jane and I was like yeah it is um and I was like you know when you're just meeting the standards of everybody else and I kind of just ended up in a job where I hit rock bottom and I was like this is not what I want to do in my life had a traumatic relationship and I was like this is not what I want to do in my life and I feel like everyone probably gets an easier way to do this but I feel like life probably had to strip me back and take me to like the beginning and be like you've got to work out who you are and what you want which is the most painful way to do it but it did work yeah well I think to be honest I'm probably in the similar boat to you where I I literally hit I you know had a um quite a big breakup and was like who the hell am I and what am I doing and you come out of that relationship and then you're you're kind of like okay where do I go from here and how like who are you as a person yeah yeah all with those sorts of things again they are as awful as they are, sometimes it's good to look at them as opportunities to, for growth. Mm, it's massive yeah. growth, isn't it? Yeah. But you still get growth through coaching and psychotherapy, guys. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. But, um, um, cool. So we had some really good questions come in. Yeah. So the first one, which is from Shout Out to Mel, is what advice would you give your 25-year-old self knowing what you know now about life? I think it would be try and just have a day (laughs) a week (laughs) where you do something for yourself and you do something on your own so that could be a day where you go to a museum on your own or go to the cinema or you do something completely on your own Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's just so empowering to do and actually I would I'd have been terrified of doing that at 25 and I think if I'd have done that then I'd have been a lot more empowered to feel less feel more connected to everything and also feel less alone in a weird way if that mm. makes sense mm. 
and I think that doing that would have really helped um and also focusing on things like fitness at 25 like I didn't really I kind of did a bit of stuff but I didn't really know what I was doing I'd just go to the gym or whatever but actually going to like an outdoor workout class or joining a netball team and things like that were really really helpful so that would be some of the advice I would give what would you give what would you say that, that fitness one's really important I obviously yeah. had a fantastic metabolism in my 20s which doesn't exist anymore <laughs> I feel like if I'd got into fitness I could be a fitness influencer right now but look at me I'm drinking wine <laughs> Um, but I think, yeah, I think getting a hob- a self-care hobby in check, whether that's yoga, whether yes. that's some sort of ritual that you do for you. Yes. Elevating your abilities in it. So even if it's meditation or tarot or whatever you do, that's your version of self-care. I wish yes. I'd learned to get into that in my early 20s. Um, go on more dates so that when you have a podcast, you have more interesting stories to tell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I have loads, but... Um, yeah just be a bit more I, I think I would say yes more and say no more at the same time so I think I was quite guarded after I had a break in my early 20s so I think I, I said yes to opportunities for fun but I think I, I wish I'd opened my heart a bit more because just some great stories to tell but also I wish I said no to a lot more things as in not things to do but more to people who overstepped my boundaries but I didn't learn the importance of doing that until I got into my late 20s, if that makes sense, and got into yeah. therapy and stuff. So yes to more fun opportunities. Because I think when you have no responsibilities and you're you're doing a job where you're like, I'm not the director of this company, don't matter if I come in hungover tomorrow. I think say yes to all these things because it just makes for an exciting life. And when you've got dementia and you're 83, you'll have the best memories. And that's what it's all about in my book. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd also say that, I mean, I, I think I probably did that. I went into work all the time hungover and I did a I'm not lying to you I did a bloody good job of like de- like presentations I've had to do hungover as fuck <laughs> I did, the graduates like either used I used to manage and sit next to were just like how do you do that and I was like skills absolute skills mm. but at the same time I used to do things that were just funny for like the story um and actually looking back I'm like yeah that was funny and I got a great story out of it but did I kind of like lose a little bit of dignity possibly yeah and is there a little bit of shame in that possibly but so I think that there's always pros and cons um and you can always be like I wish I'd done that or you know we are where we are and you know um but is there finding your craft like finding a side hustle yeah makes you feel a bit more stable so like whether that's I don't know doing hair doing nails teaching piano lessons being yeah. one day a week cocktail person whatever it is have a little craft that's part of your personality and it's like you so like this is part of our personality yeah hobby but it's something I don't know I think that's really important I didn't have that in my 20s no and I think a lot of people it's that finding that hobby or that thing that you enjoy that doesn't feel like a chore mm. I think a lot of people are like oh they, they look at me and they say oh you're really lucky because you found your like your thing like you you found wine and I really you know I don't have a thing and it's like well everybody has a bloody thing everyone has freedom to find their things you've you just gotta you've just got to it takes work sometimes to find your thing mm. and it takes a lot of experiment experimenting and being open to you know really think about what you like 
Um, and it takes time sometimes um, to work that out. And don't get me wrong, I've played netball, I've played rugby, I've been to yoga, I, I literally, I've done boxing, <laughs> I've done it all. You know, anything that you can like sport-wise that you can try, I've tried it and I've done knitting and sewing and all sorts of, you know, extracurricular activities, playing instruments and dancing and I don't know, just loads and loads of stuff um, to try and find out what it is that I like and want in my life. And now I kind of know that it's awesome because I can just do those things and I don't have to do things I don't like doing anymore. Yeah, and it becomes your thing for you, doesn't it? And it's actually only yours. You don't have to share it with family and friends and partners just for you. Exactly, exactly. And so if you could, and we had another question around um, what parts you would like to relive. relive. Of my 20s? Yeah. No, hands down, travelling. I'm so glad I travelled so much in my 20s. It will continue in my 30s. I really hope I get to travel as much. Well, obviously, I think we're absolutely screwed by coronavirus, but yeah, to travel, I travelled with so many different groups of friends and made so many amazing memories. I hope travel is something that I have in every decade of my life. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. No, that's such a that's such a lovely thing. And top, I mean, did you? We talked about top travel moments, but what is your kind of your biggest memory in your twenties of traveling, or like a really fun memory mm. that that you have? Going somewhere that you wouldn't expect and having the best time. So it's really weird. I went to Georgia, but not not yeah. Georgia in America, Georgia. By Azerbaijan yeah. for New Year's Eve. Oh my god, it was one of my favourite trips. It was hilarious. I cut my I just about when I cut my elbows open and oh, I'm about to have an injection in my bum. <laughs> no. no, it was New Year's Eve and we got so drunk. But Georgia's by Russia. Oh, I was smashing up my Russian because it was oh, when I was in the bank and I went by the Russian team. So my Russian was very good. Anyway, yeah. I was wearing these like massive thigh-high boots and we went out. Um for a night out and where we were staying it had marble steps like coming from the front door and I absolutely decked it down these steps sliced open my elbows um <gasps> which is the worst thing to do um so anyway um my elbows are bleeding so I'm I'm in the hotel and my friend's like oh I'm gonna call an ambulance I was like that's dramatic I just need a plaster but I, I needed like a stitch anyway an hour later these two like um like Russian ambulance ladies come to the room and they're like, who has the broken arms? And I was like, I don't have broken arms, I've just cut them. They were like, would you like some morphine? And I was like, okay. And they were like, come in this, come in the bathroom. And I was like, I don't really know what's going on. Are you actually real ambulance people? They were like, take out, take down your tights. And I was like, what's going on? Then they gave me an injection of morphine or I don't know, whatever they gave me an injection of. And then uh, um, sorted out my elbows. <laughs> but that was one of my best trips. As in just, I learned more about a country that I'd never think to go to does that make yeah. sense that was the moral the story was not about falling down <laughs> it was <laughs> going to a country that you weren't expecting what about you um yeah I think I think travel travel's been a big part of it as well but I think do you know what like uni uni days and just like the first kind of going to uni and just that whole experience of like because I was definitely quite lost before I went to uni and I'd had a gap year before not to travel but just to work and stuff mm. so going to uni felt really important to me at the time because I really needed it and I just love that freedom of going out and getting drunk and meeting new people and just being completely immersed in that study life and I love studying anyway um and just, I really would relive that kind of uni 
sort of few weeks where you just go out and get fresh as flu and get it's absolutely so good doesn't it I think there's a magic in there about meeting new people so I think another one yeah something that I hope to continue to live in my 30s is making new amazing friends I feel like throughout my 20s great people came into my life for a reason a season and a lifetime yeah. um but I feel like I've I've created some amazing friends that means what I'm excited about is there's even more people like that to come yeah oh perfect lovely I think on that note I think we should just quickly talk a little bit about our wine and how we've enjoyed our wine and then we can wrap up so what are your thoughts I like this so I'm getting it's like a it's a bit dry but getting a fresh a fresh cherry like not a dark cherry a red cherry taste yeah. It. cherry yeah but I reckon I feel like it's strong I, this is the problem if I recall one I haven't eaten properly I know mine's a 13% so I picked mine up from Majestic I get a little bit more dark fruit on mine and a bit more of a kind of um sweet balsamic slight bit of licorice which I wouldn't expect um totally from a Chianti but it might be just a more of a sort of riper year or something like that might have happened but yeah I'm a bit earthy you know like a bit yeah, a bit rustic, a bit earthy, a bit um, savoury, that sort of thing. Yes, savoury. It's like, you know, when you first taste it, the first taste is a sweet cherry and then it's like, no, I'm earthy and savoury. And it's like, okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I just love it. And I think that's it. I mean, you, you smell the kind of sweet red cherries and stuff on the nose but then actually the palate is very very savory um can you can get a little bit of oak in there as well so it's um it's a nice and it's a very autumnal wintry wine i think yeah. as well it's like aging sweet and um full of fun in your 20s and savory and oaky in your 30s trying to match it up you match it up That's no right. I think, yes i think the day guys <laughs> yeah i think um lively and fruity on your 20s and on the palate but actually there's a mature and intensity there with a bit more structure and a bit more kind of thought there we go <laughs> that is how to bring the wine back to the conversation yes perfect wonderful so it's time to wrap up So thank you so much for joining us. Please do leave a rating, review and subscribe. And until next time, thank you so much for listening. Bye. 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 Thank you.